You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, culture consultant and founder of Liberty Mind, and I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations and employees about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. Hi, and welcome to Make It Thrive. This week, I'm talking to Paddy Mugan, co-founder of Aira, a digital marketing agency based in Milton Keynes. They've recently won Large Marketing Agency of the Year, so a big congratulations goes out to the team. In today's chat, Paddy and I are going to discuss how they're managing their company culture through growth. So let's get started. Hi, Paddy, and welcome to Make It Thrive. Give us an introduction to yourself and the company culture you have there at Aira. Uh, cool. Thanks, Lizzie. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, so I'm Paddy. I'm one of the co-founders of Aira. Uh, we're a digital marketing agency based in Milton Keynes. Uh, we do work such as SEO, PPC, content marketing, digital PR, uh, that kind of thing. Um, when it comes to culture, I guess it's something that is definitely a personal passion of mine and some, certainly something which I focus on um, a lot when it comes to my day-to-day work um it's always been really important to us um essentially since before era was even a thing to be honest when before my co-founder and i started the company when we were just talking about it uh we both kind of made it clear that culture was going to be a very big part of what we wanted to build um i've been quite fortunate that companies i work for in the past had very strong cultures i really enjoyed working for the, the bosses that i work for so i've been quite lucky in seeing you know great examples of cultures i wanted to bring some of that towards era and my own company my own company mm. um so yeah it's been always been important to us i think right now it's kind of as we've grown it's become uh challenging in different ways but also kind of more satisfying to see in action and see it working um so yeah but it's always been really important to us fantastic so how has the company culture changed since you started the business um it's it didn't change too much for the first i'd say year or two at least so we're five we're nearly five years old now um and for the first year or two it kind of didn't really change too much because i think the team remained quite small at that point and we didn't even mm. um we did think about it we didn't really focus on it too much uh, but as we've grown it's become a bit more uh, challenging in different ways because as you grow you add more personalities and more people and more people can equal more people problems and that kind of stuff so it has yep. been a bit of a challenge but at the same time i think some of the core principles have remained the same so we've always put a big focus on trust um in the team and trusting them to do the right thing and kind of treating them like grown-ups to be honest that's never changed yep. <laughs> um we've also had quite a big focus on learning and helping people develop their careers so that hasn't changed and again hopefully never will um i think what the main thing that has changed from a personal perspective is we've had to or I've had to think a lot harder about what culture actually means to people. And we've kind of gotten quite far without really defining it too much or trying to say what it actually means in reality. Whereas now we're getting to the point where when we hire people and as we grow, we want them to understand the culture that they're coming into and also try and look for people that kind of can help that culture and and enhance it. Uh, So that's definitely changed. So more the thinking around it, I guess, Um, but also accepting that it's going to change over time on its own. You have to kind of you, Absolutely. you can try and control it, but you can't really. Uh, so all you can do really, yeah. from our experience, is you know put in place principles and kind of keep an eye on it, but accept that you can't ever really control it a hundred percent. 
Yeah, definitely. This is something I talk a lot about with organizations because it has to be agile because, you know, culture is related to people, essentially. And, you know, the the people and the world around us are constantly changing um, and it has to kind of adapt and change. And like you say, having those principles and values, knowing what they are and then actually going, right, okay, perhaps this isn't working or perhaps we're not kind of we need to do more of this. Having that approach and that sort of conscious approach to culture, I think, is really important. Um, So kind of making people aware of culture in an organization has obviously been linked to engagement and how driven and creative people are. What kind of methods have you adopted to ensure people understand the culture era from sort of day Uh, one? Yeah, so it's it's actually quite a a timely question because I've been working on this a lot over the last couple of months. Um, And to be honest, traditionally, we've never had anything really tangible um, that we can point to to kind of show people the culture but something i've been working on recently is uh, two things really one is uh, an internal kind of what i don't know the name to be honest but it's going to be a company handbook essentially for everyone who joins and everyone who's here already and one it goes into a bunch of things that practicalities around day-to-day office stuff and benefits and perks and things like that um but also we we're kind of opening it up and talking about what um, culture means to error, why we exist, what we're trying to do, uh, what kind of behaviours and values we, we look for. Um, so that's going to be given to everyone as a bit of a starter when they first join the company. So they can go through that and get a bit of an understanding as to what culture uh, actually means and they actually understand it. Um, and then alongside that, we'll do kind of um, a bit of a presentation run through of from myself or Matt to kind of explain things in a bit more detail and give them a chance to ask questions, that kind of stuff. So we're going to introduce that over the next couple of months. And then alongside that, we are building a version which is more of a public um, deck. Um, we're calling it the Culture Code at the moment, kind of stealing a bit of HubSpot's wording. And again, I don't love the name, but we'll see what we come up with. Uh, but essentially a public version of that handbook, which talks just about the culture and again, what we look for. So the idea being that um, anyone who's looking to maybe apply for a job um, or understand a bit more about how we work, they can look at that that deck and go through and see what we look for and what culture means and that kind of stuff as well. So those are quite tangible things that we're working on at the moment. Um, but yeah, traditionally, we've never done yeah. too much that is really tangible. It's been more kind of day-to-day stuff. Um, the one thing I can probably point to that we have done almost Baxton, um, but it's very tangible, is when we hire people, you know, we do look for certain behaviours and certain elements that would fit into the culture and, again, looking for them to diversify the culture and add to it, that kind of stuff as well. So hiring has been quite um, an important part of my job and Matt's job. So, for example, um, even now we all, sorry, me and Matt will still do a final interview with people. We don't hire people who myself and Matt haven't met um, at the moment. So uh, that's been the one way that I'm sure you know, culture is communicated at the interview stage and we're hiring people that we think can add to it. Fantastic. Wow, that sounds like a, a good process you've got going on there, especially with that handbook as well, because, you know, it really helps with onboarding. There's so many organisations that just kind of add people into the organisation without any kind of understanding of the expectations. And that can lead to so many problems and so many feelings of anxiety between both, you know, the, the employer and the employees. It's kind of like, oh, what are they going to be like? And then yeah, the employees like, don't really I know. Know what the, this company like culture is going to be like. Yeah, you don't know how um, someone's going to be in the role until they're joined but for the, no. for the candidate they don't know what we're going to be like to work for until they come in so at least we can give them a bit of an idea and try and make it as yeah. concrete as possible for them to understand and it you know it might mean it doesn't mean they're going to love it necessarily but at least 
we hopefully all know Absolutely. what we're getting into and what it means to us as well. Yeah, definitely. So going back to the um, work perks that you mentioned, I know you guys have a limited holiday there at Era. So what made you decide on that particular work perk? Um, it was something which um, I'd always kind of wanted to do, even going back to when I worked for my previous agency. Um, they they didn't have that perk. It was something which I never really pitched as such, but always crossed my mind as something that would be, that would be quite cool. Um, and it was around the time that a few companies more more in the US were starting to offer it. And it just sounded really like a nice thing to be able to do. Uh, but I think the thing that really pushed us to want to do it was that we um, we want to push the team around trust and kind of show that we do trust them to, to do the right thing. So even though unlimited holidays are a really nice perk in itself, um, for us it's more about it signals that we trust people and signals that we trust them to you know, take holidays when they need them, trust them to take enough, trust them not, not to take too many, all that kind of stuff. And that's probably why I, I really liked it as a perk. Um, so we brought it in about a year or so after we started the company. I think we were about six or seven people at the time in size. So it was kind of um, quite a big change, but for a relatively small number of people. And it's worked really well, to be honest. Um, we thought it might present a lot of challenges and it has here, here and there, but on the whole, it's actually worked really, really well. Um, and it kind of comes ultimately from the idea that Matt and I have always said we want to build somewhere to work where we would want to work ourselves if we weren't the founders. And one of the things that came out of that was we, we'd want flexibility to be able to take you know random days off. And I think the thing that people don't understand about on holidays is that people don't go jetting off to the Bahamas or anywhere every, every few months. Like they, they generally don't really take those kind of holidays more it's more things like their kids off school for the week at half term so they take a day or two there or they've got a wedding to go to in the middle of nowhere so they take the friday off or the monday off that that kind of stuff where people may think twice about taking holiday previously um whereas now they've got that extra bit of flexibility to be able to take those random days here and there and that's that's how it's manifested itself really rather than people jetting off all over the place uh, it's that flexibility that Matt and I, if we, again, if we were working for a company, we'd want ourselves. So that it kind of comes from that as well. Absolutely. And I think, like you say, it future proofs it. So, you know, when people do have children and they have these kind of responsibilities in life, it's important that you can cater for people like that because, you know, we kind of we work in a multi generational workplaces a lot of the time now. And being able to offer that flexibility is really important. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely more of an expectation now. Um, I hate to use the term millennials, but younger people who are coming into the workplace now, they do have different expectations around flexibility. And I think the fact that a lot of us work online now as well, where all you need is the laptop and an internet connection or a phone, I think that's changed the dynamics of work as well quite a lot. Um, so I think expectations are definitely not what they used to be. And you know we, we have to adapt to that as, as companies. Um, and also, I mean, whilst on limited holidays and something which we kind of put out there as our main uh, reason to work for Aero, I, I think if anything, it's one of the, the lesser reasons. It's definitely something that can attract people and keeps us competitive and when it comes to hiring. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I love the fact as well that you guys have interlinked it with that trust factor within your values as well, because I continue, I continuously champion the fact that workplace benefits should be linked to the vision and the values of the organisation. 
For example, it's estimated that a vast majority of companies, only 5% of their employees actually use their benefits. So it's kind of, you know, a lot of organizations will take on benefits, but they don't mean anything to the employees or they're not a, a true benefit to people. So how do you kind of make those decisions about the benefits you add into the culture era? Um, so this is definitely something that has changed. So a couple of years ago, it was relatively informal and just be a case of me or Matt would have a, an idea about something or someone else on the team would have an idea. We'd say, oh, do you want to do this? And we'd probably say yes. And that, that was it. we just do it. Um, now we've started to grow up a little bit and now we're at the size that we're at. We have to think a bit more carefully because ultimately when you're rolling out perks for you know 40 people, that does have an impact on the company, whether it's financial, whether it's time-based or impact on client work and whatever it is, there's some kind of knock-on effect. And when you're just, you know, 10 people, which we obviously we were a couple of years ago, um, it's far easier to kind of, I guess, not think about the, the bigger impacts. Whereas when you've got 40 people potentially taking a perk, then that is going to have an effect. So we, we do think about things a lot harder. Uh, as an example, we rolled out one about a month ago now where, we've agreed to essentially pay for books for people if they want to buy a book that helps them learn something in their job. We said that we'd cover the cost of that, they just send us a link and we, we buy it for them. Now that in itself doesn't sound like it's very expensive, but if you imagine that every person in the company bought one book a month for the next year, that right. And not that I think we're going to get that many, but we do have to think about that kind of thing and, and I guess predict what the impact's going to be because ultimately it has to make sense to the company as well. So whilst I'd love to just roll out loads and loads of perks here and there and just make it you know, a bit of a free-for-all, we do have to think about the, the actual value now a lot more than we used to because we've grown. And I think that's that's probably how it should be because ultimately if we um, don't make money as a business, then this isn't going to work for, for anyone. So we do have to balance things a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it has to be tangible, doesn't it? That's the thing. And I think, because like you say, it's it's finding the perks that actually work for people as well. You know, there's so many organisations that have loads of perks, but A, they're costing a lot of money and B, not everybody's using them or or they're not getting used or they're not really relatable. Like there's there's no clear benefit um, to the employee. And it's kind of like you have to kind of balance that cost. And is this going to be used by people? Is this wanted um, I think that's really important, definitely. So it sounds like you guys have got your kind of strategy sorted out there. So the link between sort of company culture and business results is one of the most clearly proven, but what makes culture important to you? Um, I think for me, it's actually quite personal for me. It's definitely been kind of a, um, a person, I don't want to say pet project, but it's definitely something that's always there in the background when I'm working um, on improving the company and trying to help us grow. Um, it comes back ultimately to uh, Matt and I wanting to create a great place to work and I think that makes it important in itself and we've both kind of seen and experienced horror stories of other companies where they don't do cool things for their team, they don't really think of their team as um, people, they think of them as numbers and things like that, we've kind of seen that side of it so that alone makes it important to us to not be like that and actually create a company that people enjoy working for. And I think ultimately people spend, you know, five days out of seven in an office with a bunch of other people. If they don't enjoy it and it's not a great place to be, that's not a nice way to exist and not a nice life to to lead. So I think that drives us quite a lot as well. I think, well, people are coming here to work and, you know, being honest, you know, me and Matt are the owners, so they're ultimately benefiting us in the longer term if they do a good job and they enjoy coming here. So we want to pay them back for that and make sure we do what we can in the meantime to help them grow their careers and you know, help them have a good time and have fun 
and do really good work in, in the meantime. So I think all of those different things, different things make it really important to us. And um, I think for me personally, um, having experienced really good cultures in the past and kind of knowing what that feels like as, as an employee, um, it makes me want to do it for my team now and make sure that I don't kind of forget about how important it is and, and things like that. Absolutely. No, I think you guys have really got a very conscious culture there. And I think that's what's so important because like you say, so many people don't see their team as people, they see them as numbers. And that that really comes across in an environment. I've spoken a lot about this recently where, you know, it doesn't always have to be um, kind of tangible in the way that we kind of track culture. So there's certain things that we can measure, um, but, you know, you can walk into an environment and know if it's a good place to work. And that's what's really important, you know, from the conversations you have with people and how people are and they feel they look happy and content or they're, you know, really into their projects. Like you can just tell when you walk into a culture if it's good, like our human selves can just pick up on those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like you've obviously experienced it when you walk into that kind of office and you just know and that, that's kind of that, that makes it quite difficult as well, because you say, well, I know that's not what a good culture is there's something wrong here but you don't necessarily know what it is um and it makes it quite hard to then make a good culture because it's not very tangible and um i think the the way that i try and think about it is ultimately it's work right it's a job you know people are going to have bad days people have good days but as long as overall things are happy uh, happy for them they don't dread coming into work they don't have that horrible sunday not feeling of going back to school tomorrow you know as long as i don't have that and ultimately then we're probably not doing too bad and we're probably ahead of most companies definitely I totally agree so you mentioned you're now at almost 40 people there at Era. so what are the strategies you're adopting to maintain the culture as you grow um yeah so a couple of things I mentioned earlier around the, the handbook and the culture code um slide deck and things like that we're hoping that that's going to help us um articulate the culture and make it really clear to everyone what it means so as we grow and more people come into the company, they get that from from day one, hopefully. So that's going to help us maintain the culture. But also it gives us a chance to be really clear with people that it's going to change, you know, it's going to adapt over time. And the um, one of the quotes I love, uh, I've forgotten the guy's name now, but it's uh, what got us here won't get us there. And the idea being that, you know, the culture for the first, you know, say three or four years of era, um, isn't going to be the same culture that gets us through the next four or five years. It has to change and we have to grow up and adapt to things. So it gives us a chance to be clear about that with people when they first join. Um, so that's definitely something that's quite important, I think. Um, the other thing which I think comes to mind, which, again, is something I'm trying to focus on personally, is um, training our managers and making sure our line managers are aware of how important culture is, make sure they're doing what they can to maintain cultures within their each within their teams because what's happened um as we've grown is you've kind of have obviously little teams breaking out and having their own mini cultures which is obviously fine nothing wrong with that but you'll want to make sure that it all fits within the wider company um as well and it's all fit in line with what we expect definitely no that is a really good point and that's a, a good a good one so i know you know talking about sort of those departmental cultures because it does happen you know when you grow you start to almost create those mini departments within an organization it just evolves that way but what are some of the biggest challenges that you've come up against when creating a strong culture era um i think it's the fact that 
everyone's different and everyone's got different expectations as to what they want from from a job and I think um you know some people want to come to work you know nine till five do a good job and then that's it um and go home and that's it some people want to kind of work every hour of the day to uh, progress and to take the next step up and some people kind of really love um the idea of pushing ourselves as hard as I possibly can some people are okay with just kind of coasting along a little bit and still doing a good job and I think adapting to that has been quite um difficult and I think the idea that everyone's different makes it a challenge to then you know cater for everyone and grow a company in the way that everyone is taken care of and everyone enjoys um and often people's personalities are different as well you know some people really buy into the idea of culture some people don't get it or don't care to be honest and that's okay as well but adapting to that is quite difficult um i think as well there's a level of expectation that kicks in so when you've got um a good culture already there's even more pressure to make maintain it and actually make it something which uh keeps growing and keeps improving and you don't let it slip so yeah the expectation around it also um is quite a big challenge absolutely I know it's difficult because especially when you sort of go through the the growing those growth phases as well you know trying to um when you add more people the, the sort of the more people you add sometimes the the more diluted the culture gets and if it's not something that you're keeping a, an eye on and focused on it can quickly dissolve the existing culture that started and then all of a sudden sort of perhaps not negative traits can come in because all of a sudden people just start creating a culture of their own rather than sort of leading by example so it's it is so important like you say to try and kind of continue sort of nurturing culture um in its forms and making it sort of relevant to people and and managing those expectations like you say yeah definitely and I think the 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 other challenge that comes in with what you just said there was when those little kind of mini cultures do break out recognizing when that's kind of okay and when it's actually enhancing the existing culture versus damaging it that's really difficult because again everyone's different so the culture of one team you know could be very much um different to another team but they both get the job done and they both make clients happy which is ultimately what we're here for so knowing that that's okay versus something that's actually damaging the culture or making the teams not like each other and not like the way they work together that's actually really difficult and we have seen that ourselves a little bit where we've uh, got teams that work in very different ways to each other Um, so we've had to kind of make sure that we're okay with that and it's all working and ultimately the clients are getting what they need which is what we're we're all here for really definitely no I really understand that so I'm a strong believer that an agile company culture can enable businesses to adapt to change especially like I've said in our society there might be huge changes I mean Brexit is a brilliant example right now Um, and by remaining kind of aware of your culture and assessing this as much as possible you're more likely to sort of weather those turbulent times when change happens so what are the kind of clear benefits to you um, as a leader on working on company culture um i think it comes down to the idea i mean it's a bit maybe um i'm being a bit idealistic here thinking of it this way but you know never mind um i'd hope that a really strong culture kind of transcends those problems and means that it makes you a bit stronger towards things like Brexit or you know uncertainty, I guess, and because uh, you, you're going to hit problems, right? Yeah, every company is uh, going to have problems over over the course of their lifetime. Uh, I think that if it could be something as small as losing a really big client, it could be losing a key member of staff, it could be 
something changes in the industry that means you've got to adapt you know things can go wrong and i think if you've got a strong culture you're just a bit more likely to get through those challenges i think because you've got a team that actually want to do a good job and actually want to be at the company rather than a team that are just waiting to leave and waiting for something to go wrong before they finally leave and go somewhere else so I think uh, I'd love to think that a culture helps overcome those kind of problems. I, I think they do, uh, but you just have to also remember that uh, culture isn't everything, and culture needs to be a, a part of the the strategy of the company. Where ultimately we need to do great work as well, which ties in obviously. But if we don't do great work, we don't keep clients, and we can't keep the lights on. So there's ultimately a balance there as well. But I'd hope that a strong culture just helps you weather the storms a little bit better than they would if you had a bad culture where people are on edge all the time or don't really want to you know come and do their best work every day so I hope it helps um with those problems as well absolutely I couldn't agree more that's it's it's funny isn't it how culture often gets deemed as the fluffy stuff but it can actually really be the foundation that keeps you stable and strong through um those turbulent times yeah definitely I think it, it comes down to you know the attitude of the people right if, they, if they've got the right attitude they'll get through most problems no, no matter what and I think that is that does definitely come back to culture but again the fact it's intangible you know means that you can't exactly go and say oh we've got a great culture we're going to be fine because of xyz you know it's really difficult to say that you've almost got to put a lot of trust in the fact it will be okay and this culture is going to help definitely well thank you so much for that chat paddy i really appreciate it. and i think you guys are working on some really interesting stuff there at era if you'd like to find more about what paddy is doing at era with the culture then i will leave all of the links in the show notes below and if you guys are still interested in looking into creating a unique company culture visit liberty mind and download our latest ebook how to build the company culture you really want Thank you so much, Paddy, for your time. Uh, You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast with me, your host, Lizzie Benton. If you've enjoyed listening and want to keep up with all things culture, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to welcoming you back next week.